0: Welcome to the TEFL Training Institute podcast, the bite-sized TEFL podcast for teachers, trainers, and managers.
1: Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. So I like to tell you about something that happened to me. Oh, it was years ago. So I was teaching a Chinese class to a bunch of foreign teachers that had just arrived in China. And when I was teaching the lesson, I had flashcards for different foods Hmm. stuck up all around the training room. And after I'd drilled all the vocabulary, I took away the flashcards and I asked the teachers to remember what were the different foods that you just learned. And I remember really, really clearly one of the teachers saying, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember it was there. And she pointed over to the space in the classroom on the wall where the flashcard was. And I thought, oh, that's really, really interesting. She can't quite remember the word, but she can remember where the picture was
0: stuck. Mm, interesting.
1: So today we wanted to talk a bit about space and classrooms and seating and how all those different things can affect learning.
0: Mm. So we've got three questions. That's zero. the first one. What seats arrangement can we use to maximize the students' learning? And number two.
1: How can we get students to move out of their seats and get them to learn? And finally...
0: And how can we use the space outside of the classroom to support learning and teaching?
1: Okay, so let's talk about seating. I think seating is really interesting, right? Because when you do any kind of teacher training course, the seats are pretty much always in a horseshoe shape or a semicircle. But in the majority of classrooms I've been in and the majority of schools I've worked in, the classrooms don't actually look anything like that. So when you were a teacher in a...
0: Public school? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: How did you, what did you do with your, your seating?
0: Well, there were, I think, more than 45 students in one room. Wow. It seems really difficult to move the tables and chairs. But now I just think back, there were definitely opportunities for teachers to change the seats arrangement. Yeah. Um, even for bigger classes. St- yeah. Because usually they're facing the teachers, right? Yeah. And maybe they can just quickly move their table. Yeah. And then facing each other right so i think using the space and even very limited space and at least they can feel okay i'm doing a pair work or i'm doing a group work or i'm having a debate just don't be afraid of using half minute or a minute and ask students to turn around and then talk to their partner behind
1: so that was big classes I've found now there's a bit of a tendency in at least private education for classes and classrooms to get smaller and smaller, right? And Mm -hmm. and it's pretty common now that you might just get like a table and there's a TV screen Mm. and then there's like four or five students or six students and a teacher and they're all kind of sat around a table. What do you think teachers can do in that kind of a situation to maximize learning
0: So that's a very interesting question because I talked to a teacher a few weeks ago. So I think she, of course, teaches class like what you mentioned, right? That kind of size classes. Uh, She said just recently she moved her chair away from the students away from the table and kind of behind the students so she realized actually the amount of language produced by the students increased a lot and also that's encouraged the students actually helping each other rather than you know just lift their head and asking the teacher so Okay, let's look at maybe bigger size of classroom. Yeah. So what are the, you know, very classic and commonly used seating arrangements?
1: You have the horseshoe shape, which is students sat around and the teachers sort of at the apex. The idea is, I guess, that students are able to talk to each other, but the teacher is still able to get everyone's attention if they need to.
0: Mm, Or maybe islands. And either you have table or you don't have table. So several students, they sit together and they stay in the same group talking to each other I think also for training sometimes we tend to use this
1: said before I think roles tend to kind of get used a lot Mm -hmm. but interestingly it's often I find when you know if I've observed a class and I found the teacher has the students in roles or often however they're sat and afterwards you ask the teacher why did you choose to have the students Mm. sitting like this the usual answer you get is well that's just how the chairs were when I got in the classroom
0: exactly for me
1: the most important thing is just move the chairs Mm. right like think about it and think about what kind of seating arrangements gonna work best for this group of students in this class whatever the context might be
0: yeah I think that's why like um, we have for example board work right usually we ask the teacher to plan their board work in advance Mm. and see what it's going to be like in the class but definitely we should have something like um, seats arrangement I mean very simple plan for that and at different stage of the lesson and how would you like the students to move around I know usually we have uh, like interactive patterns teacher students 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 students, right and our group work but I think if we can draw a very brave seating plan I think that make it more vivid and also give the teacher a brief idea you know how to monitor for example where the teacher can stand um, when this activity happening
1: so that was how students are seating when do you want to get students to stand up and not be
0: if you know you have like role play in your class for example ordering food in a restaurant so ask the students to stand up the waiter is standing up and then the st- and the customer sit down, right? So something really simple go along with the role, not just simply, okay, turn around and talking to each other. If you do want you know, students experience going for an interview, okay, just let them go outside first and then come into the classroom <laughs> and then they have that feeling, actually I'm walking into a room and talking to the person.
1: I found with, when I was teaching younger learners, especially maybe kids under about the age of seven, that sort of movement became extremely important. And if you kind of kept students sat in the same place for longer than about five or 10 minutes, then people started to get really restless. So what I used to do in those classes was kind of divide the classroom up into different areas. So I'd have all the seats concentrated in one area and then like a kind of like a U shape or a V shape. And then, you know, we would do something there at the beginning of class. And then we would, one by one, all move to the front and sit down on the floor next to the whiteboard. You know, after we'd done something at the whiteboard, uh, one by one, everyone would go and move and stand mm. against the wall, and we'd do some kind of a chant, and then we'd mm. move back to our original seats, and then we'd sit on the floor in a semicircle mm. and read a story. And I found, like, if you did that with that age group, mm. then it helped keep students' attention so much more than if you just had mm. them sat in the one place.
0: Well, the young learners actually aware of you know, the purpose of using different no. Well, I think they know know what
1: to expect, right? Mm -hmm. I think like if every week you do, like everyone sat in a circle and Mm -hmm. you get a book out and you read a story Mm -hmm. and you have a song when you move over to do that, then Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone kind of knows what to expect. Uh, So I think to an extent, but I don't think they know (laughs) I have a five minutes attention span. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. But I think it's definitely helpful for um, behavior management. You know, they know what they're expected to do in certain areas. Right, yeah, and I know right. okay, I, I don't need the book mm. when I'm doing this in this space. I do need my pen when I do this activity in that area. Mm. I read something from Kayla Dassler. She said something about why the twenty-first century classroom may remind you of Starbucks, mm. right? So if you go to Starbucks, you can see that their chairs actually arranged very differently, right? Yeah. If you want to find a corner just work alone, or maybe you want to have like a small talk with somebody. Maybe I think that's really interesting. Yeah, if the school or the classroom is big enough, and definitely I would try that. Students can choose which area that they feel comfortable.
1: To play devil's advocate, I think that sometimes teachers give students too much choice mm. in where they're sitting so again like another thing I'll often find in observed lessons is that I actually observed a lesson two or three days ago and all the desks were for two students but the students all sat apart from each other so there were no two students sat at the same desk so there was no opportunity for the students to compare answers and you know Mm -hmm. when I asked the teacher why why did you have the students sat like that was just "Well, that's where the students chose to sit so I think that sometimes it's really good to come and sit in this seat here next to a partner or come and sit at the front or come Mm -hmm. and sit next to someone because, you know, if you're going to do group work or pair work or anything like that later and you've got people dotted around a classroom Mm -hmm. like a half-empty cinema, then it becomes really chaotic and really difficult to find someone to speak to. Mm -hmm. What about getting students outside of the classroom altogether? Why why would you even want to do that?
0: Mm. I remember when I started teaching I tried not to do that because I thought oh it's going to be chaotic and out of control and students probably going to running around but um it definitely changed my idea because I remember when I taught something about pronunciation yeah. And I thought, how can I make it more interactive, more fun? So I half of the students stay outside. Um, of course, you've got the glass window. So students Huge glass window in these yeah. classrooms, right? And they yeah. can see through. So I gave the students actually inside or outside like some words. Of course, some words are very similar, right? Like a minimal pairs. Uh-huh. And they can look at their partner and they have their mouth shape. And then they will guess the word and which sound they are trying to pronounce actually it's quite interesting that not really cool yeah I realized that um, definitely for individual sounds or some challenging sounds for particular students they're aware of the differences and also they can see actually oh my classmate how they pronounce and how I pronounce very different cool mm. and you have I, you ever done anything I think
1: when I did that before it was maybe more for uh, like a class on directions and we we're in a mall and getting the students to go outside in the mall and look at where different shops in the mall were, which ones were next to which other ones. Like it was with a group of about nine-year-olds or something. So it was very controlled. But the students, it was amazing. They were so excited (laughs) to be out into the mall, which I thought was so funny because we're obviously in a mall all the time. But just being in a class... And being in the mall was super exciting for them.
0: I did something similar with adults. Instead of taking them to the mall, because the mall is kind of far away from the center, you know? And I just took them to the front desk, to the door of the school. And then they were going to give directions. A new student, and then the first day come to school oh I did this is for
1: adults yes because I did exactly the same thing with kids before yeah I had some of them pretending to be staff and some Mm. of them wearing. yeah they got a a big kick out of it
0: because of the curiosity and their attempt to be more aware of the language they're using and also the language was so contextualized um, for the activity their whole you know attention and focus on that
1: yeah I think as well to go back to what we are saying at the start it will be so much more memorable are there any other times that you've taken students outside the class for some sort of a context or to use realia
0: yeah and um, for shopping class i definitely took them to clothes shop yeah yeah so just use the items there you don't have to bring <laughs> a big bag of uh, clothes from home you or can, into the
1: classroom exactly. you can just take the students to the clothes instead
0: yeah and also though i think people in that situation quite interesting that's why a lot of language learners they can speak or they can use language in the classroom but they can't when they go outside of classroom because the environment and people relationship has been completely changed Ah. so it's just like oh oh, oh, what i should say but the more we help them exposed to the environment the better they'll be able to use a language in the future when they're in the same or exactly the same context
1: i think a lot of the times i taught i wasn't lucky enough to be In a school, in a shopping mall. But (laughs) I did find that you can just use the building of the school Mm. as something fun. So I remember early on hiding words around the school and getting the students, you know, to go out and do a scavenger hunt and try and Mm -hmm. find all these different words that they were going to learn. Or other really simple things you can do is often schools might have pictures of different places around the world in them. You know, you can get students to go look at those and describe them. You can get students, you know, if you're teaching colors to go out and find things that are different colors and learn about what colors are around mm. the school like there's so much I think you can do
0: but I think the whole point is just teacher also need to be more observant I think maybe it worth spending a few more minutes and just work around and see if there's anything possible for yeah, us what to opportunities utilize. are yeah. there right that mm. you could use this as well exactly Regardless, either you are a new teacher or an experiment teacher, I think it's worth breaking your habits and trying something different. Um,
1: Yeah, because I think all of us end up getting into those habits of keeping things the same. But often it's when you break those habits, you break the rules, you get the students to stand up more than normal, or you change the seats, or you get them out of the classroom altogether, that things become a lot more interesting and a lot more memorable. Hmm.
0: Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. For more podcasts, videos, and blogs, visit our website
1: www.tefotraininginstitute.com. If you've got a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss, leave us a
0: comment. And if you want to keep up to date with our latest content, add us on WeChat at TEFL Training Institute.
1: If you enjoy our podcast, please rate us on iTunes.